listening to Downworlder Dish, a Shadowhunter Chronicles podcast. Hello, everyone, and welcome to episode 122, where we will be, dis- we will be discussing chapter 12 <laughs> in Clockwork Princess, Ghosts of the Road. I'm Kristen. I'm Robin. And I'm Amanda. <laughs> oh, you? <yeah. laughs> I feel like you should have said that in like a cowboy accent ghost of the road ghost of the road (laughs) that's not even that's not even i don't know cowboy Cowboy has an accent like is that because he has like wheat in his teeth yeah (laughs) clearly why does a cowboy have to be a dude amanda i don't know because i would have said cowgirl cow person yeah Mm -hmm. i don't know cow poke a cow ring yeah there we go (laughs) I think we're veering a little a little out now. I don't know. Oh jeez, oh, Louise. I don't know about y'all, but I have been a little scatterbrained as of late. That's just how I live. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah. It's my life now. Listen, I just thought of something that I really want to tell you guys that no one cares about, but I am stoked. I'm excited. Torrid is selling a shirt in my size, obviously. <laughs> that is, um, it looks like Insync's first album, oh, which is the Christ. first shirt that I ever had from Insync, and I have been searching for it as an adult for so long. And somehow, all of a sudden, boy bands are becoming popular again, like the same ones that like Insync and Backstreet Boys, like they're they're coming back, you guys. And so I got this shirt, and I am so excited. Is it coming in the mail? Yeah, That's it'll be so here by exciting. like Friday. So <laughs> all my pants are you. arriving tomorrow. Oh, I love online shopping. I love it. I got a Star Wars shirt, and I wore it when I was making, was pre-making salsa for a dish like sauce, chili mm-hmm. ancho sauce that I'm going to use, whatever. And I had an apron on the entire time, but it had to cool down before I could store it in the fridge. And I didn't put my apron back on to do it. And I ended up getting sauce all over my new shirt. No! And I was really sad about it. But as I was trying to clean it up, I realized there's like red randomly all over the shirt anyway. So it looks like it's just (laughs) in the background. (laughs) And now it smells good. That's part of the shirt. So I got lucky. Amateur move, dude. Wear your apron, okay? Yes. Right? Always. For real. That's great. Oh my gosh. Um we have a super special something that Amanda wants to talk to us about. I sure do. Let me open my phone. Cause I didn't memorize it in case you were wondering. <laughs> we also oh, do not use teleprompters. <laughs> But actually, I haven't even read it yet, except for the title, and I am stoked to read this, okay? Okay. I shall begin. <laughs> it is titled, Team Will. Chikow! Okay, no, no chikow. <laughs> Artistic Wait, liberties were it is not. that's not the title, you guys! That's not the title! That's the person's name! Oh! <gasps> I love it even more! That's amazing! Team underscore Will. Yes! Okay, the title is so funny, which I also very much like. Okay. (laughs) If you love the Shadowhunters Chronicles, 1990s through 2000 references, and nerd talk, I just got chills, 
You will love this podcast. Robin, Amanda, and Kristen are so funny together and make me feel like I'm sitting with friends. My husband has been deployed a lot in the last two years, so I have listened to this podcast to help me feel less lonely. I think I've listened to every episode at least twice. As a fellow anxious person, I very much relate to the frank discussions and jokes about mental health. Yay! No, I'm not sitting here crying. She is. (laughs) (laughs) Thank you so much for writing in. That is so sweet. And we agree with all of the things you said. We're like, we we should have seen our faces. You can't, but you should have. (laughs) It was great. I am trying to convince these <laughs> ladies to do like just TikTok clips where we could record the chit chat portion. Yeah. Yeah. But then it, we I wouldn't know how like that works. Potato gremlin trolls. I don't my I I'll I'll be on whatever you want. I'll do whatever you want. I just don't want to be the person Ooh, responsible for editing and mm-hmm. uploading and managing. That. <laughs> right, right, right. I know you guys have all of that on other things. I suppose I could try. I've just I'll be your spokesperson. I'll be 36. Like, like I'm doing a commercial, you know, just give me copy. I'll get on camera. I don't care. That's fine. I just don't want to do any of the technical stuff. (laughs) Oh, dude, I would just like, what I would do is suggest we just do like Skype and like record it and just like straight up, just clip the recording. It'd just be fresh. Yeah. Anyway, that is off topic. Thank you very much. Right. Leaving a review, not writing in Kristen, because that is weird. Did I say writing in? Team will. I'm excited. (laughs) Thanks for being a friend of the show. (laughs) But really, like, we're not. Yeah, we're not being facetious. We we really do appreciate it. We just don't know how to show genuine emotion without deflecting with humor. Emotional damage. I had to order pre-order pizza today for my kids. Yeah, I was party. so proud of you. And Amanda laughed at me from the other room. <laughs> she was so awkward. <laughs> but she just picked up the phone. She found out she had to pre-order the food and she just did it. Wow. She... I had to. You didn't you didn't l- lament over it for No. <laughs> but then hours. at the end, she said. I don't even know what you said. All I heard you say was, I don't know why I'm telling you this. This is too much information <laughs> to the person at the pizza place. Because they didn't hear me. When they're like, I'm sorry, what did you say? And I was like, I'm just talking to her. <laughs> I'm feeling the silence. So sorry. Oh, okay. And it's like oh. Kristen said, if, if we can help you by talking about our shit it's a it's a win yes we've got a lot of it absolutely because it also makes us feel better when we talk about our shit and we validate each other so if Uh we can by proxy give that to you fucking we are chef's kiss doing our job yep yep (laughs) it's so funny because okay it's not funny but it, it is interesting the more you talk about anxiety how much you realize so many people have it. And obviously, mm-hmm. it's different levels. Uh-huh. But I um, I was telling my husband the other night, like, I was reading this book, actually. And I started falling asleep reading it. And I was like, I'm just going to go to sleep. Like, why not? You know? <laughs> and so I put the book down and I roll over. And I'm like, hmm, what should I have anxiety about now? Like, it's just <laughs> something that happens to me. Yeah. You know? I just, it's time to have anxiety before I fall asleep. Yeah. You know? <laughs> he was just like, Why? You don't get it. You don't get it. Shut it (laughs) off. You know. And if you don't, you don't. 
Well, anxiety in and of itself is a very isolating, like, feeling, you know, when you're, Mm -hmm. especially when you're, like, spinning out and stuff. So when you get to talk and relate and validate your feelings with other people and see that, you know, oh, I'm not alone. And this is actually super fucking common. And we all do this shit. Yeah. (laughs) It makes you feel like, okay, maybe I'm not like just on an island by myself. We're all super self-conscious. Nobody is looking at me at the store because they're all worried about other people looking at them. (laughs) We're all doing the same thing. That's true. That's great. (laughs) Good stuff. We're here for you. You can sit with us. Just as long as you, as long as you don't bring a side of mayonnaise and try to dip your fries into it, because then I'll kick you out. Well, does it have ketchup? Because if it has ketchup in no. it, then it's fry sauce. No. Yeah, campfire no. sauce. So good. <sighs> Robin opened okay. her mouth like she didn't know that story. You know that story. I'll tell it to you offline. <laughs> We've we've got we've got a a, a show to to. We do. We have a record. long episode ahead. <laughs> we do. We do. Why don't we uh, cut the chit chat and kick things off with Robin's recap? Previously on Downworld or Dish, Jim and Will have a heartbreaking conversation about Will plus Tessa, and everything gets laid out on the table. Both parties apologizing for not seeing or feeling what the other one was going through. After lots of pushing, Jim convinces Will to go after Tessa to rescue her and is basically like, I know I'm going to die while you're gone and I wish you guys the best for each other. And I would go into more detail, but I don't feel like crying again. So that is done. (laughs) Yep. After being coerced into leaving, Will slips out to the stables to leave in the middle of the night, but encounters Cecily. She wants to go with him, which he can't have happen. So he actually tells her his feelings about needing her to be safe and knowing that she didn't like, I know that you didn't choose a shadow hunter life. The shadow hunter life chose you. Um, <laughs> so let me give you my lady's necklace. So like, that way, I'll know that you'll be safe when I'm gone. Cause it's going to like demon vibrate on you, which my phone did that the first time I got a cell phone and I thought I was dying. Like I was having a spasm in my leg. <laughs> And my general manager at the time, I was like, oh, my God, I think I need to go to the hospital. Like, there's something wrong with my leg. And he's like, your phone's ringing. (laughs) Wow. And that's when it all started. Anyway, okay, okay. Regardless of all that, Cecily ends up striking a bargain with Will that upon his safe return... He will go with her to talk to their parents, IRL. (laughs) Meanwhile, in the kidnapper caravan, (laughs) Tessa comes to after her chloroform nap and realizes that she's been taken by Mrs. Black, who is going to deliver her to Mortney. Tessa tries to use all the tricks she has up her sleeve to convince Mrs. Black that she's the Sylvester Stallone of the group. (laughs) You know, expendables. (laughs) (laughs) Reaching... For the joke, it fell. But it's no dice. Morty has the ultimate one up on her because he's promised her a body since, you know, currently she's a head on top of a robot. 
I mean, and she said she wanted it to be better than human. What's what does that mean? If you, it's either robot or human, like what's I, in between? I don't know. Like he's Daft Punk summed it up. It's harder, better, faster, stronger. <laughs> got it. Oh, harder, better, faster, stronger. Like I've got that. Nah, it's gonna be stuck in my head. I hate you. You're welcome. <laughs> oh, speaking of which, <coughs> Will. We open the next day with Will admiring the English countryside from a quaint hilltop. He's traveling alone, which means he's he actually got to leave on time, you know, for his trip um, and beat traffic, not only out of London, but also... Uh, Islington, Holloway, and Highgate, too, which is, like, 30 miles. So, on horseback, that's, like, a feat. Impressive. (laughs) This just made me think of when you were leaving for the airport and Jason wouldn't tell you what time. Yes. Your flight was. (laughs) That's exactly what what you just said made me think of. Yeah. (laughs) He's alone, so he left on time. He's going to be a great dad someday. (laughs) (laughs) These are the qualities you look for. Ladies. So great. And gents, when you're looking for a husband, a potential dad to your children, this is a trait that you need to be looking for. Okay? (laughs) That and how good he looks in white New Balance. Uh Uh-huh. Important things. Obviously. Um, So, like... (sighs) The way he described, like, he beat traffic in each of these, like, towns and thoroughfares and stuff. It's like when you go the exact right speed limit in downtown Portland and you hit every single light, like, every single light you hit is green. And it turns, even some of them turn green, like, before you have to slow down, right? Like, you can see it's red, but, like, you're just going the right speed and it clicks over and you feel like you have magical powers. That's what this feels like. Mm-hmm. Or it's opposites, where every time you pull up, it's red. <laughs> and you're like, uh-oh, who did I fuck over? What kind of karma yeah. am I getting paid back for today? <laughs> Dude, Totes. my kid, um, like, her malojo bracelet broke today, and she's like, who did this to me? Because, <laughs> like, when it breaks, it's like, basically, it absorbed all the bad energy, and then you have to throw it away so you can get a new one. Mm. So she's oh. like, she wants to know. Oh my god, I love her for knowing that. Who is the straw that broke the camel's back? She wants to know. (laughs) Who's thinking evil thoughts about me? Hmm? Mm -hmm. Ashley? Hmm? (laughs) (sighs) Okay, back to Will. He saved so much time that he got to take an extra break to stretch his legs and reminisce about his last trip on the Great North Road which was all capitalized, so I had to look it up. Um, And it was paved by the Romans, but the route might have been used before the Romans came to the Great British Isles. Um, Uh But the Romans were worse than Victorians when it came to revisionist history, so, like, who the fuck knows? We don't know. (laughs) That's fair. It always blows my mind that they stretched that far, the Roman Empire. Yeah, it blows my mind. Wild. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, and how many times they like expanded and contracted, expanded and contracted over the course of, you know, the entire empire. Just fucking wild. History is crazier than anything in fiction. It was aliens. <laughs> it's fucking aliens. 
every time I come home from work when my husband's been alone with the kids, Ancient Aliens is on my TV. <laughs> Why? That every time. Give me nightmares. Just I hate it. I can't watch it. It's okay. It's either Aliens or History's Greatest Mysteries, which I actually kind of like. But the Aliens one, I'm just like, dude, stop with the guy with the hair. Everybody knows who I'm talking about. <laughs> the it's the guy, guy with the hair. Yes. I couldn't sleep for like a week after watching Signs. Mm-mm. Okay. Oh, I, do. I remember that. But movie I love Mel Gibson. Yeah. Oh, awesome. Oh, my gosh. So the last time Will was on this road, uh, he had stolen one of his father's horses, but he ra- he ran out of money because apparently there were toll roads back then, um, which he specifically mentions that there are not toll roads right now. So, okay. Mm-hmm. Sure. Um, so he ran out of money, and so he had to sell the horse in Staffshire or uh, Staffordshire. And so I, of course, looked it up. That's a 46-hour walk from London. Like, it wasn't even that. Like, it was like he had just barely gotten out of Wales. <laughs> like, and yeah. Was like, oh, fuck. I ran out of money. Yep. I mean, he was a baby. And everything has to end with Shire over there, huh? Yeah, because that's Shire. every city. Well, mm-hmm. Yeah, because those, like, uh, those root, root words are, like, for, like, land or, you know. Okay, I guess that's fair. Yeah, I guess I didn't think about that. Mm-hmm. Like stupid American Shire, over here. I think of hobbits, so that's yeah. Me too. Like Gloucester or whatever it's called. It like originally was like something something Gloucester, and it meant like castle of place where this is. Like okay, and then just colloquially they get like changed and modified over hmm. time. But we don't Thanks we don't get a lot of a that tone of seriousness. To oh yeah, sorry. Yeah, saying hobbits. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> terribly bad. We don't get any of that cool shit in America though, because we're too young. Exactly. <laughs> <sighs> so, <laughs> um, where are we? Okay, so the memory of showing up at the institute bleeds into a memory of Jim and it's immediately too much for Will to handle. He shoves that shit down and focuses on the horse. <laughs> Balios needs scrunches and oats. <laughs> Aww. You know, so he doesn't like run him to death. That would be bad. And Will's like, yeah. oh, I should probably pay attention and not do that. That would be a, a horrible situation. And you're like, yeah. Wow, just now thinking about that? You just ran this horse for 30 fucking miles. (laughs) I just want to know, like, it's a magic horse, but, like, how is it magic? Tell me about him. Yep, I I talk about that, too. Mm -hmm. The only thing that I I have been able to glean from the context in the books would be that, like, they have more stamina and are stronger than normal horses. But I don't know why. There's nothing that tells us why. Uh Mm-hmm. I don't know, maybe Wild they have runes. horses. Maybe they put runes on the horses. I don't know. They um burned them into them. Branded. They're angel horses. They're like Pegasuses. Uh-huh. <laughs> yeah, they have wings. Uh, so then the truth really comes out. The real reason Will stopped was because he finally broke his lucky streak and hit midday traffic. Okay? It wasn't wasn't just to reminisce. Mm-hmm. 
Even our beautiful Victorian poet warrior is not immune to road rage. He muses about how the highway robbers are long gone and quote, Will would have hated to, uh, Will would have hated to have waste, to have wasted time. What? No. (laughs) Will would have hated to have to waste time killing anybody. I seriously doubt that. Right. Agreed. (laughs) I think he would have enjoyed the, the, you know, to blow off some steam. Uh Uh-huh. So now he's standing on the side of the road on, mind you, a haunted road, as we've discovered. There's, like, ghosts, and he, like, can hear them on the wind. Great. Just Pass. Pass. I mean, I guess if you didn't, I mean, you're on a horse, so you don't have tunes. So, like, <laughs> you might as well have the warbling yep. <laughs> echoes of ghosts in your ears or some shit. <laughs> And it's a few hours to sundown, um, and Will's got to find shelter for the night. But first, a moment to pine. He remembers a dream that he had about Tessa, where she told him that he would always come first in her heart. Which brings up rage. Naturally. <laughs> Will's in his feels about the idea of Mortmain touching Tessa. Not that she's his property or anything. She's totally <laughs> her own autonomous person because I'm a super woke turn of the century man and I value women as people. Nevertheless, I'm going to rescue her. <laughs> I love it when he like has that moment in that like dialogue where he's just like almost saying like my dream was wrong because like she doesn't belong to anybody like you know mm-hmm. it was almost <laughs> like a woman wrote it right <laughs> a modern woman right just amazing <sighs> he's just so feminist i just don't understand <laughs> <sighs> oh my gosh okay <laughs> Will couldn't take it any longer. He mounted his mighty steed and set forth to his homeland to get the holy independent don't need no man girl. (laughs) Meanwhile, back at the Institute, Charlotte is having a Molly Weasley moment. Uh, How could Magnus be so irresponsible to allow Will to go to Wales all by himself? What? And this is where the first quote of the episode will be. Because, you know, I love those. They are my favorite. And this is from Magnus. So you're lucky I don't quote all of his lines. Dude, I almost. <laughs> right? Like, love this him. is so serious. Like, these chapters. And, like, I'm just like, I'm like, that guy cracks me up. Like, I'm like, actually <laughs> laughing out loud. I said that. Like, I was a dad. <laughs> Magnus 100% has a 20 charisma. Like, oh, he's mad. Uh-huh. Yeah, absolutely. There, it doesn't matter what the situation is. You will find him charming. Yeah. Right. Magnus shrugged. It is not my responsibility now, nor will it ever be my responsibility, to manage wayward shadow hunters. In fact, I am not sure why I am to blame. I spent the night in the library waiting for Will to come and talk to me, which he never did. Eventually, I fell asleep with in the rabies and let. La- Lycanthropy section. Woolsey bites on occasion. I'm concerned. (laughs) (laughs) I just love it because I'm like, dude, this is the first of you babysitting many a shadow hunter. Right? Uh In the beginning. 
It's been 150 years or whatever. Like, Magnus, are you eating crow yet? Seriously. (laughs) Well, and I have to point out that I obviously read this the first time, read that quote, and still didn't realize he and Wolseley were a thing. (laughs) Still didn't. Because you gotta have friends. <laughs> I mean, I would walk around in like a bra or whatever in front of you guys, I guess. But like just out of comfort. I don't know. I mean, I don't know. But you suppose you don't bite us very often? I guess not. <laughs> but I'm also not a person slash wolf. So I guess I didn't really think what, I don't know. What was I thinking? <laughs> History's greatest pals. Wolsey just goes around like mouthing people like a dog does. When they like take your hand. Yep. My seven month old, all she does all the time now is that's what he's doing. Well, everyone in the room kind of just let that one slide. <laughs> it was a ragtag assembly for breakfast at best. Cyril had discovered Balios missing, and a subsequent search uh, had found Magnus sleeping in the library, who informed the group of Will's whereabouts. And now we're all caught up. Charlotte's on a mission. Someone has to know more than they're letting on. And her keen mom senses don't fail her. She clocks Cecily's fancy new crown jewel. But the youngest Herondale isn't going to crack, except to say, we told you so, and you didn't listen, so what'd you expect? (laughs) Charlotte has an emotional reaction to this. Her thoughts immediately go to Jem. But Cecily and Gabriel both quickly assure her that Jem is not only in the know, but was the mastermind of this plan. Like, he is Mm -hmm. all about it. Mm -hmm. (laughs) No one left Jem high and dry. He is fully aware of the situation. Well, it's like, okay. um, Is it like, um, I know Cecily spoke to Will, but it's Gabriel just inferring, like, if it was me, this is what I would want to do. Mm -hmm. Because he doesn't know, like, Mm -hmm. he didn't talk to Jim and he didn't talk to Cecily, but he's like, come on, like. I think because of the way, because Gabriel says, like, of course, Jem knows what Will is doing. Will is doing what any parabatai would do. Like, mm-hmm. he's doing the honorable thing, basically, and, like, standing up for Will. And I think he's saying that for two reasons. One, he knew that Cecily wanted to talk to him about where Tessa was. Like, and something important, oh, yeah. right? Mm-hmm. And two, he's showing an effort. I mean, I think it's obvious he's showing an effort because of Cecily, uh-huh. So I think his initial reaction was to, like, also defend Cecily and, like, take her side and say that. And But then when it came out, he realized that, like, oh, yeah, I actually do think that. Like, uh-huh. one of the – because, like, Gideon was like, why are you defending Will? And he kind of <laughs> felt like – it was like, oh, right, that was a knee jerk, but not untrue. <laughs> like <laughs> – yeah, well, and, like, I think, what, cha- one chapter, two chapters ago, he was obviously a little bit jealous of Will and Jem's relationship. He obviously knows it's a good one. And, uh-huh. right. of course, Will is going to do the right thing when it comes to Jem. He he can recognize that. Yeah. So, the proverbial record scratches, the magnetic pulls switch, and hell freezes over as Gabriel Lightwood defends William Her- Herondale <laughs> in earnest. 
The apocalypse is quickly averted when Gabriel slides in a few good jabs at the end to bring the world back into balance. <laughs> he's like, he's like, okay, he might not be like, per- he might like not be completely reprehensible, but like, he's still kind of a bastard. <laughs> <laughs> And I have another quote for you. Uh, let's see here. Uh, okay, so this is uh, Gabriel talking, like reverse talking about Will. Will may be a reprehensible person, uh, but at least this demonstrates that he is not a reprehensible shadow hunter, said Gabriel. And then catching, catching Cecily's look, he added, he might not be that reprehensible a person either, in entirely. Uh, in his entirety. Um, a very magnanimous statement, Gideon, said Magnus. I'm Gabriel. <laughs> Magnus waved a hand. All lightwoods look the same to me. It's my favorite. It's <laughs> the only reason I read that. <sighs> oh, Magnus. How those words I love taste he's now. So, like, at this point, too, he's so out of place there. Right. Uh-huh. And, like, he's still just, like, eh. I mean, I'm not only going to, like, just keep my mouth shut and blend into the wall. I'm going to call attention to myself yep. and jab every time I can. Absolutely. Yes. Yeah. Absolutely. I am making the most out of this. <laughs> yes. It's the most, to say the least. Mm-hmm. So the bickering ensues. Uh do they? Don't they follow Will? Blah, 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 blah. Charlotte has had enough. Mom is at the end of her rope, and the chaos ends now. As Gabriel said, Will's chances of success are higher if he remain, if this remains a stealth mission. Um, their focus should now be on Jim. Magnus agreed to help Jim, uh, so he will provide a list of items uh you know, that's needed for his, like, potions or whatever. And Gabriel and Cecily will fetch them while Charlotte, Gideon, and Sophie work in the library gathering whatever information Magnus needs. And Charlotte suggests that Magnus could work in Henry's lab, which Henry seems almost a little too excited about. He's like, oh, I I got a friend to play with. (laughs) And the two of them geek out over their own strange brand of science magic uh, while the non-eggheads split off with their marching orders. At her wit's end, Charlotte leaves them to watch over Jem. She's like, okay, you guys, you guys do whatever you got to do. I I need a minute. Like, mm-hmm. basically my pseudo yeah. son is dying and like, I can't handle your chaos right now. You have your marching orders. <clears throat> exactly. And excuse the tonal whiplash, but we're going to buzz on over to Tessa's point of view, which just so happens to be a horror movie at the moment. Yeah, uh, Mrs. Black uh, had just revealed her true form, a severed head on a broomstick, and Tessa's <laughs> asking the same questions we all are, mainly how the fuck, <laughs> to which the answer is obviously magic. <laughs> I think the more important question is why, though? Like, why? Mm. Why are we doing this? Do you also kind of picture like the brooms from Fantasia? Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, I love it. Yes. With the pail on top when it's like uh-huh. dancing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so 
Mrs. Black says, uh, it was your brother who suggested to Mortmain that in my current form, I could be of use to him. It was your brother who spilled the blood that made my continued existence possible. Lives for my life. Gross. What a life. Ew. Right? And, like, also, like, who needed to die for your head to be, like, propped up on a fucking automaton? Like, was it the animation that they had to kill, like, sacrifice someone to, like, reanimate her head or some shit? Maybe. Oh, yeah. Maybe. Are they still run off of, like, other parts? Like, a heart and stuff, maybe? Oh, yeah. I I would just assume it'd be, like, virgin blood or something like that. You know? Yeah. They, They had to throw someone in, you know a volcano or drain them of all their blood and bathe in it uh-huh. or, you know, whatever weird shit. <laughs> Dark magic calls for some weird. <clears throat> yeah. Obviously the I'm stuff that it's necromancy. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I cut you it has to be the, no, 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 you're fine. I'm just, they go and order like all this random shit later. Cecily <laughs> and Gabriel do. So yeah, uh-huh. obviously it's, it's weird. It's like one diet Pepsi and, Six tums and like, right? It's weirder. And three out, fingernail obviously. clippings from the left hand of a goblin. <laughs> You're like what? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <sighs> um. So, so this makes obviously Tessa think of Nate. Um. And since his death, she's tried to turn, um, into him. But quote. They had, his his memories had only been, or had been only a gray swirl of anger and bitterness and ambition. She had found nothing solid within them. So she's tried to turn into him and, like, there's nothing going on there. So it might lend to the idea that he has, like, some sort of, like, spell on his mm-hmm. memory or something like that. But uh-huh. So he can't, like, share Mortmain's secrets. Maybe, like, the block stays in. Right. After death, even. So Tessa, what with her inquisitive personality, is quick to discover <laughs> Mrs. Black's true motives. Pause for laughter. <laughs> Sorry. Okay, okay. Sorry. I need a minute. The way you said that was just like, was like perfect tone. This bitch can't shut the fuck up. So she's quick to discover Mrs. Black's true motives. She wants a better body. Don't we all, babes? (laughs) (laughs) They argue semantics of trusting an evil overlord to fulfill his promises. And Mrs. Black lets it slip that, yes, Tessa's mom was a shadow hunter and her dad was a demon. Whoopsie. Or actually, she says he wasn't not a demon. Or or he was was no angel. He was no angel. I'm yeah, sorry. that's what it yeah, was. Yeah, yeah. Like You'd think I wrote Victoria's this script. Secret thing, right? I'm no angel. Yeah. yeah. Mrs. Black assures her that the Magister will reveal all in time. And honestly, Tessa's little adventure into the Nephilim world actually worked out perfectly. She got some real hands-on, real-world experience using her powers, things that they just couldn't have replicated in the dungeon, just in time for them to use it for world domination. This all works out perfectly. We are (sighs) so on timeline. (laughs) It's all part of the plan. Oh, my gosh. This chick is just creeping me out. So... (laughs) 
obviously mrs black i don't know how old she is i guess maybe i should say this lady maybe that'd be I, I more feel fitting like she is okay she's a warlock so like whatever oh That's question fair. question okay for real do, <laughs> do all warlocks stop aging around the same amount of time so i'm imagining her like a 65 year old woman yeah. but she's actually like 25 looking right i believe so but they don't like i don't think they don't stop aging they just slow oh. so i think they, they continue like they they like stop but like it's incremental right i don't know it's why i'm asking you you're my maybe not i don't know it's i like might be mixing fandoms yeah but like more but I might I'm, like a hundred years is a year or some shit. I don't tr- don't quote me on that because I might be mixing okay, fantasy okay. worlds. I just I'm imagining her looking all of Dolores Umbridge, and I don't know if that's just because like I think they were described as like Umbridge? middle age, but I mean yeah, I don't know. I don't know. Well, this chick, lady, person. Okay, so <clears throat> Tessa's like, WTF, mate? Why me? Like, why does Mortman want to marry me? It's weird, okay? It's weird. I'm just a child, okay? <laughs> and Mrs. Black tells her that she was created to ruin the Shadowhunter world. And basically, she made it better by getting close with them because, you know, keep your enemies closer kind of thing. Mm-hmm. And Tessa starts to, like, throw a tantrum. And she's showing all of her cards because she's like, well, I'm not going to do it. And no one can make me. <laughs> Bitch, save that shit for later. Okay. Right? Now is not They're the They're going to combat you on that now. Yeah. She's not the person <laughs> you need to be having this fight with. Right. <laughs> all right. Stop being so mad at the girl Black- he cheated on you with. Be mad at him. He's the one that cheated. Absolutely. Preach that. Yes. <laughs> I mean, you can't be mad at both of them, but mostly him. Yeah. But like, yeah, focus, focus your anger on him. He's he's the yeah. one you're mad at. Yeah. So Mrs. Black reassures Tessa that it's no big deal. She doesn't have to do anything. Tessa doesn't, if she doesn't want to, um, except get married to Morty McFly. Like, all you have to do is be married and he'll do the rest. You don't need no to thanks. consent to destructing we the shadow hunters. S- yeah. 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 But, like, we still don't understand. Like, I am so excited to get to the point where we figure out why the hell this marriage thing is important. Because <laughs> there's got to be a reason for it. Uh-huh. Right? Like. <laughs> so, of course, Tessa's like, but I can't marry him. I'm already engaged to someone else. And, and to me, did like, what did you think was going to happen by saying that? Did you think she was going to be like, stop the horses? She's engaged to a shadow hunter. We got to go. You guys. What if what if his whole evil origin story was that like he's always wanted the perfect fucking wedding and he's had it like all planned out for years and like he like he's been like a, a symptom of like runaway bride syndrome like he yeah. can never get it to go through so he like finally like sets all these things in alignment he's like this is going to be the one she's going to be the one and then like all of a sudden no she's already engaged so it ruins the whole thing darn it <laughs> Yeah, like her body is the, he created her body because it would fit in this dress that he already bought. <laughs> yeah. Or something. He's like the Ice King from Adventure Time. He, he oh, selected okay. her parents specifically because he would, like had a vision. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so Mrs. Black knows all about Jeb. 
And she's like, well, this is awkward. But I don't know if you checked your calendar lately. He's set to die by, like, Tuesday. So, She's like, besides, I'm surprised you didn't fall for the other handsome kid. Like, wasn't he? He rescued you. Don't girls always fall for the rescuers? Yeah. Okay. So, Jem, how'd you not see it? Even Mrs. Black saw it. Dude, yes. <laughs> Where has this bitch even been? I've got to say, that oh is one of my gosh. favorite tropes in, like, especially in fantasy is when like the big bad evil guy or whatever notices the ship and it like like takes note and is like i see you yep it's my favorite yep like when he takes off yeah yep (laughs) ah that's so funny people are weak just kidding okay so Tessa is super over this bitch and she starts like mentally prepping herself to make a break for it. She's like getting her muster together and she's going to like break out the door. But just before she does, she hears the lock break on the door and Mrs. Black is like (coughs) screaming, rage screaming. She's super pissed. A robot arm reaches out for Tessa and grabs her by the dress, like the neck, I think it was. And her dress tears. And now Tessa is falling. So I might have just read this too quickly because as I said... I was reading this at the kitchen dinner table. Um, Tessa's pulled out, it sounds like, of the carriage no. and is thrown onto the side of the road. No. She jumps. So she's and then she falls with them. She goes, um, so Tessa's thing is she's like, um, Mrs. Black, like, nobody's going to save you. She's like, I guess uh-huh. I just have to save myself. And she kicks the door open herself. And Tessa breaks Oh, she did out. kick the door open. I thought uh-huh. someone else broke the, like, so, right as she was about to, yeah. something broke in and she, grabbed like, her. grabbed it. Got it. Herself shadow hunter training and like kicks the door open and like she has a moment it's her what was it the main character moment yeah yeah she's like thank god the okay, light okay. well and she's like so the robot is the driver must be trying yeah, to pull driver. her back in yeah okay got and it she's like i'll just tuck and roll but it doesn't work when you're on no. a cliff face exactly i just you know what i envisioned whenever like this whole scenario where they're like on the road is the road like up over the past Mount Hood where it's just oh, there's yeah. nothing on one side. Uh-huh. Dude. <laughs> and you're going like terrifying, 70, twisty yeah. all the way up and you're just like there's nothing. There's there's a tiny little guardrail that's about two feet off the ground. That ain't saving yeah, my Yeah, if you're lucky. Yep. <laughs> terribly terrifying and there's ice all the time yeah it's just, no not it's not for me i'll take the i'll take the long way home <laughs> like, i will go fully around the mountain <laughs> yes 100 percent. okay so yeah so tessa is falling obviously and she can sense that she's like I'm not going to survive this. There are rocks down there. This was a bad idea. At least with Mortmain, I had a chance. No, she didn't say that, but that's how I feel. This was stupid. Okay. Um. Yeah. So she, yeah, I'm going to be my own rescuer is what she says or something, or I'll have to rescue myself or some shit. I don't know. Anyway. So now we're taken, like, that's where it stops with Tessa. And we're taken to a dream that Will is currently having in this hotel Airbnb that he's in. <laughs> and basically... 
<laughs> he's standing on yeah, a hill. Okay, it's a very long dream, but I'm going to give you the gist. So he's standing on a hill, and Tessa is like, she comes to join him, but she's far away, and she's coming closer. She's wearing a white dress that's, of course, like, similar to the dress that she wore at the ball where they made out. Because these are his dreams come true. But I was like, dude, that was Jessamine's dress. So, like, she was she was in Jessamine's body. Like, that's mm-hmm. very Oh, like... yeah. Uh-huh. I forgot about that. Will loved her so much he saw her face the whole time. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> no, he's he's secretly envisioning a threesome with Jessamine. <laughs> mm. Yep. Oh, man. Yeah. So I don't know. It's it's interesting. So um, so Tessa fine in the dream. She finally gets close enough for them to like touch hands They're like this. Oh, this is the church. This is the steeple. Uh-huh. That's what they were doing. And um, as they get their hands close to each other, she starts to fall off a random cliff because it's a dream, I guess. And Will wasn't able to grab her in time. And I'm just like, what the fuck? See, they got a pair and then of bow tie bond. Yes. Uh-huh. <laughs> so true. Yes. Yeah, so, of course, this wakes him up right away, and he's, like, shooketh and sweaty. So he goes to the window for some fresh air, which I feel like happens in the movies, but does it happen IRL? Like, do you ever have a bad dream, and you're just like, I got to go to the window? No. No. Maybe it's because I turned the fan on. Yeah. I don't know. I mean, I have opened a window because it was too hot in my room, but I don't, like, stand at the window like a movie. <laughs> looking at yourself in the reflection no, that's I, what he's doing I, I sneak my hand behind the curtain through the blinds and open the window so no one can see me <laughs> I can do it yeah. as stealthy as possible because I'm afraid that like if someone sees me they'll want to come in and kill me because they'll know I'm awake oh, and therefore okay, somehow okay. deserve to die because yeah, no one should awake. be awake at that 3 o'clock in the morning <laughs> So we um, live on a cul-de-sac, like a, it's basically like a private road type of thing. Obviously, you guys know. There's only three houses up here. Yeah, it's basically a flag lot. Yeah. And there's only three of us. And, um, but my hat, my door has windows next to the door, which I think is the dumbest shit ever. And I have lived here for like seven years and still don't have privacy film on them because I'm an idiot. And so we got a package from Amazon the other day. And a lot of the time, if we aren't ready to deal with the package yet we'll just set it like leave it by the front door because we spend our time in the family room away from the front door so it's not in our way but I told Andy the other night we had two packages by the door and I was like we should probably put those away in case someone like walks by because we have had people come break into our cars um once before in case someone and then that entices them to like want to break into our house Mm -hmm. why would one tiny Amazon package make them want to break into my house I have all this stuff that's unwrapped (laughs) they're just so excited it's like a grab bag like it's like when you bid on the storage unit they're like what are we gonna get (laughs) so stupid which obviously he agreed with me and so he moved them but like it was just silly oh my god i love it anyway so yeah so will is looking out the window and um he notes mentally how sore he is like his fingers are sore from writing um so hard for through throughout the day and um he realizes he needs to like Put, I know, put on several Arazis. Like, my fingers hurt. Well, your <laughs> no, back's yeah. gonna hurt because you just old landscaping duty. <laughs> it's exactly Ben Stiller's there behind him. Yep. God. 
a warm glass of milk. <laughs> Get your warm glass and shut warm the hell up. Shut the hell up. Oh, oh, oh my god, I love movies from the 90s. Okay, so I know that this horse, this is where I like I know this horse is special, magical in some way or whatever. But Will is also like special and trained and he is sore. Can you imagine how sore this poor baby horse is? I know. Like can the horse have a Nazi? Right? I would hope so. If he's special and whatever, I don't know. Anyway, it has he has to. He has to. In my maybe head. there's okay. like potion like powder in the oats okay yeah i don't know it's I, actually cocaine it just makes <laughs> me go really fast that's where all the yin fen went they yeah. give it to the <laughs> horses cut it with a uh, baby numbs it so it's like oh. it has double effects <laughs> oh my gosh that's oh, great God. so um so Will is um, staring at himself in his reflection in this mirror and he's pulling in Amanda and he's sitting there thinking about like what he's going to say when he finally sees Tessa because that is all I do. Think about what I'm going to say to people. And he's wondering how he's going to explain like his reasoning behind leaving Jem and like all of everything about leaving Jem in general. He hopes that once it's all over, even if Tessa doesn't love him back, like WB right back, um, that they can, that's how it, Anyway, uh, that's how they can help each other. Like, they can help each other through the sadness of obviously they're going to lose Jem. Uh-huh. So at least hopefully they can still be there for each other as just friends. Whatever. So now we jump over to Cecily because we're not jumping around enough so far. Uh-huh. We're going to keep doing this in this chapter. So we're to Cecily and Gabriel and they're making their way through the East End. Glamoured, of course. And Cecily is super into the shops that they're passing. And Gabriel remembers that she's probably never been to a busy marketplace like this before because she's a country girl. Uh-huh. So cute. And he is so sweet. He's thinking about like wanting to take her to the nice shops in Piccadilly and um, like Burlington Arcade, which I've never heard of that before, obviously. Sounds like a blast. I want to go too. I okay. Listen, like I know that the Lightwoods got a lot of shit in the first couple of books. They are yep. such good gentlemen. Mm-hmm. Fucking Gabriel is a fucking prince, right? man. <laughs> the artist formerly known as Gabriel. <laughs> <laughs> like I know we, I know we don't like Benny, but like. He yeah. raised some pretty polite gentlemen. Yeah. Was it the mom? Did the mom Mom died young, Gabriel. though. Yeah. 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 Mm-hmm. It was their, um, what is it, their nursemaid? <laughs> oh, right. It was just Gideon. He did. He, I was going to say wet nurse lifting. for some reason. <laughs> wet nurse. <laughs> Not correct. Not correct. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, I'm so sorry. Uh. Oh, God. <laughs> Okay, so then, obviously, Gabriel is uh, thinking about Cecily, and it's weird to just be, like, deep in thought while you're on a walk with someone, by the way. Like, I don't know. I feel like you'd be chatting, but whatever. So, he's thinking about her being Will's sister and how he didn't expect her to look so much like Will, but also, like, so pe- pretty beautiful at the same time. And I'm like, really? Don't. he? You, can, you can't admit that he's a very handsome, good-looking right. guy. Yeah. His sister might also be. He's you know, Ryan like Ryan Reynolds of this. Right. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yep. Okay, so I'm going to quote this part because 
I'm gonna. So he found himself wanting to write poetry about her blue eyes, how her blue eyes were like starlight and her hair like night because night and starlight rhymed. <laughs> and you're just like, so cute. please don't. Yeah. Elizabeth so Bennett high, was right. So high. Poetry like is kite. the death of all love. <sighs> I don't know. Exactly. Oh, so high, like a kite. No, I don't like it. <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what I was thinking. Amanda, has it. anyone? Okay. Wait, I have a question. Amanda, has anyone ever written like a poem for you or anything like that? I don't think so. I had to write a poem in, I think, in my freshman year, and I did write it about a boy <laughs> that we had just broken up. But. I don't think anyone's written it for me. And I didn't write it for him. It was for me, but it was about like our breakup uh-huh. and my broken heart. Oh. No, I was fine. It was not big of a deal, but we had to, it was for school. Like we had to write a poem. Yeah. And so that's just where I drew my feelings from. Okay. Okay. Oh yeah. That's so sweet and vulnerable and healthy. Wow. I guess, uh-huh. I guess I didn't let myself feel from the ages of like 14 to 26. So I don't know. <laughs> right. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Don't like the drugs, but the drugs <laughs> like me. I like how you made like Marilyn Manson sound kind of like, like a judge, like the judge, like a little country. Thank you. Thank you. It's oh. my background. <laughs> 90s country. Oh, my God. Yeah. No, I remember having to write, like, haikus in, okay. in school. Uh-huh. I always wrote them about, like, the ocean or some shit. Like, just whatever I could. Uh-huh. Yep. Poetry has never been my thing. Yeah. Nobody's thing, really. Yeah. Right? I mean, what is what was the guy's name? Um, Simon's friend in City of Bones. Oh, my God. My loins. Eric. Yes. Eric. Yes. <laughs> We're no Eric. Okay. Okay. So they finally um oh, so yeah, he's he's caught up. Gabriel's obviously caught up thinking about Cecily and her face and her mouth and he's like thinking about things he could put in this little poem. And eventually she has to interrupt him because um they passed the shop that they were supposed to go in <laughs> cuz he was so distracted. Um, so so, I know it's sweet. There's a lot of this going around and I find it other than, um, obviously the Will and Jem thing and Sophie kind of having a crush on Jem. It's working out very well to where each of them has the crush on the right person. Mm -hmm. Evenly. It's amazing how that works. It's almost as if plot. (laughs) Plot? (laughs) Predetermined? Predetermined, yeah. <laughs> okay, so they the only thing that would make it better is if maybe like Bridget and Cyril got together because they're the only two left. <laughs> anyway. <laughs> so they finally get to this shop. Isn't Bridget like older? So no, I don't like, think so. I, I think she's just a little bit older. She's like, like in her like young, like early 20s, right? Yeah. I think so. Yeah, like, and Sophie's I imagine Cyril's age. like 16. 
Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Okay. Well, because Thomas. I imagined him age. to also be about twenty. Because Thomas was, was around Thomas's their age. Brother, but I don't. Know oh, I thought it was his younger brother. I don't know. I don't remember. I just knew he was his brother, and I assumed they were the same age in my head because <laughs> why not? I just assumed they were twins. <laughs> I mean, they look so much alike that people are startled, right? Maybe they are twins. Never it. thought about it. I love it. Oh, shoots. All right. They get to this shop and it's icky. Like dolls with heads removed and replaced with bird cages. The hell? And bracelets made of teeth, which somehow is less weird than dolls with their heads cut off and replaced with bird cages. Because... We all keep our kids' teeth, right? So it's not that weird. No? Agreed. No? My, I mean, I would <laughs> want to wear them as a necklace, but I do have them. Right. Okay. Call me the bone collector. Quick sidebar. <laughs> My daughter lost um, a, a tooth the other week, and she came out of her bedroom, and she's like, hey, I lost this tooth. Like, what do you want me to do with it? Do you want it? And I was like, well, do you want me to keep it? Like, do you want to do something with it? Because, like, I have her first tooth in uh-huh. a box somewhere. It's probably not labeled. It's probably just, like, a loose tooth hanging around somewhere. <laughs> <laughs> but I have her first one. But I have not kept subsequent teeth, right? And, like, do you want to do something with it? She's like, what would I do with it? I'm like, I don't know. Make, like, a piece of jewelry or something? Like, it seems like something you would do, right? Because <laughs> like, let's be honest, it is. Yep. And she's yep. like, nah, that's too much effort. I don't have a drill. And she just threw it away. <laughs> like, I can't believe she's still losing teeth. Yeah, she 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 got a late start. That is crazy. That might be Olivia, too. She's seven months and still no teeth, which it's happening right now. But, like, it's crazy. It's just weird how people are so different Mm -hmm. like that. Right? Mine are very Yeah, yours are freakishly early. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Okay, so I don't want to go into depth about much more of what's at this place because it's a little too realistic for me. And honestly, I've seen a video about some of the stuff it described IRL and it's like given me the heebie-jeebie nightmares. So I'm not going to tell you guys about it, but read it. It was gross. Okay. Lots of weird stuff. So Gabriel offers to take one for the team and go inside without Cecily. And she is like, no, I'm no sissy. I'm going in with you. After me, Mr. Lightwood, is what she says. I love it. After me. Yes, ma'am. <laughs> yep. So, again, this place is my worst nightmare. Robin's are, like, murder birds. That's your worst nightmare. Mine is a cluttered, messy shop with creepy shit being sold. This is my Ew. heaven. And it's obviously dusty. Yeah, right? <laughs> the clutter just makes me anxious. I just can't. So Gabriel looks to Cecily when they get in there and like really settle in and he wants to see her reaction to this place. And she's like, whoa. And he's thinking she's going to be like, oh, my God. But she's like, someone should really dust in here. (laughs) He's like, oh, my God, she's not like other girls. Yeah. (laughs) I love how she's the I'm not like other girls, but she's not actually that like stereotype. Right. Uh huh. She's not concerned yeah. with the other girls are doing. Yeah. Right. She's the actual. I'm not like other. Girls. Exactly. Yeah. 
so eventually they find the person working behind the counter and um it's a small man that they didn't first see like they're like hello and he's like i'm down here and um he can tell that they're nephilim and cecily's like oh my god how did you know that he's like um pretty obvious like she must have forgot that they can see through glamours yeah (laughs) they're like on your neck i can see them pretty easily How'd you know I'm Post Malone? Um, your face? <laughs> I don't know. I watched a video of, with him once, and I think it was like on Jimmy Kimmel or whatever that one show is. One of the Jimmies. And he says, yeah, one of the Jimmies. And he says something about like, I'm a weird looking dude. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you are. You are. <laughs> but he seems like a nice guy that I'd like to hang out with. So that's uh-huh. cool. <laughs> He's very talented, so. Yes, he really is. Mm -hmm. And he's, honestly, he's not bad looking. He's not. I don't think anyway. Maybe with the tattoos could go. Uh Tattoos for (laughs) eyebrows. But. (laughs) Anyway. This dude tells Cecily that they don't get many shadow hunters in this shop, but he knows her brother Will. And, like, he'd been coming into the shop quite a bit over the last few months or a few months ago. Because he was running errands for Magnus. Obviously, this is where he was getting all that weird shit. Uh So Gabriel tells this little dude that's also, I know you guys are going to know what this is. A satyr. 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 I've never heard of it before. I Googled it and I was like, Kristen's going to know what this is. I don't even need to look up how to say it. Mm -hmm. Um, So he's like a goat man, basically. He has like horns and a tail. Have you ever seen? Do you um, think he has a cutout? Have you ever seen Hercules? That's what I was going to say. The Disney Hercules? Uh, No. (gasps) What? I know. Amanda. What? Okay. That is Everyone a Disney is movie made for you. You haven't seen Top Gun. Who cares about that? I can't Wait. believe you haven't seen Hercules. Okay. One order of business at a time. Amanda. <laughs> Hercules is literally your Disney movie. It's a Disney movie okay. that makes fun of pop culture in the 90s. Oh, I need to watch that. I know I turned it on TV for Lincoln, just as background, but I did not because it was just on whatever channel. Did not pay attention to it. Perfect. But Danny DeVito plays a satyr. Oh, my God. I love him. He's the quirky sidekick, like mentor type. Uh-huh. It's okay. great. When, I'll have okay. to see that. Brendan asked me, he's like, who's, she's like, who's your favorite Disney villain? And I was like, I don't know. She's like, mine's Hades. I'm like, yes, it is. That tracks. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Okay. Yep. I feel like he's my favorite too. Like, yes. Yes. Scar is always going to be my okay. number one. But What'd you say? Scar is always my number one. Scar. But Hades is a close second. Mm-hmm. My double chin just really showed reacting to your favorite villain. You don't like Scar? No. Mufasa. I feel like he's like the worst. <gasps> I know. I guess I've never really thought about it. He's the only one but... that actually ever killed anybody. Jeez Louise. The rest of them were just amateurs. Yeah. Poser. Attempted poser. murder. Yeah. Do you remember getting so annoyed when people used to call you a poser? Poser. It's the worst. This is the worst insult. Okay, wait. <laughs> don't think we're going to escape this. Who hasn't seen Top Gun? Amanda or Neither I. of us. Not yeah. in- How? Robin, I don't know. I really don't know how I've gone my life without it. Yeah. 
I have no idea. My brother, when he was in Hawaii, because he was stationed there with the army, um, was like playing Top Gun when he'd drive, because he lived on post. And so he'd drive down this really long play- mm-hmm. road to get to his, I don't know. And he was like, whatever song from there. And I was just like, I don't know what I'm talking about. Yeah, that one. Danger Kenny Loggins, we baby. drank probably 10 beers and he made me start watching it. And I was asleep within the first like two minutes. Oh my God. By asleep, I mean passed out because I drank 10 beers to myself. You guys. Anyway. It's great. Yeah. You should watch it. Okay. Well, I probably will because I would like to see the other one. Everybody's saying it's really, really good. Mm-hmm. I'm excited. We're so. going to go see it. Okay. Report back. Okay, yes, so <laughs> Gabriel tells us, dude, goat man, that they are in the shop on behalf of Charlotte Branwell, the head of the London Institute. And he's like, that's what's up, boy? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why I really felt like I needed to say that. Like, he was just so proud to be representing the Institute, it felt like. Yep. And this guy gives no fucking shits. He's like, we don't pay attention to that. We don't care. And he said he's fair, fair folk, which is interesting i don't that's just not how i imagined them to be like goat people i don't know anyway they're all i imagine them to be like beautiful butterflies they're all different okay yeah interesting so this guy takes gabriel's order and he's like i don't know if i have all this stuff i gotta go look in the back and um as he's they're discussing him going in the back, Gabriel makes like some backhanded comment that's totally some shit my husband would do. And I don't remember exactly what it was that he said, but it was just like <laughs> sort of thing. And Cecily sort of like whispers, Mr. Lightwood, which is totally what I do. Andy and I were just at dinner yesterday and I was like, Andy. And um yeah, so anyway, this dude is totally stoked because he hears Lightwood and he's like, oh my God, you're Benny the Dick's son? <gasps> yes. And Gabriel realizes <laughs> that, like, he hasn't really talked about his dad to most many people since the whole, like, you know, murder thing happened. But he knows that he is no longer proud of his Lightwood name like he used to be. And he's like, yeah, I'm Benny's son. Oh, poor guy. Okay, listen, guys. I'm going to preface this right now by saying such words as, I am aware. (laughs) I'm going to go out of order from how the chapter is actually written. But it's easier to summarize because there was four different switches. And and I'm just not doing that. I'm going to do one scene at a time with the people that are involved in the scene. I'm going to move on. And I know that is not how the chapter is written. But that's what we're going to do now. No one cares. It's like it wasn't written for a podcast or something. I know. Right. That's really disrespectful. Yeah. How <laughs> rude of them not to think about us, you know, over a decade ago when this was written. Right. Yeah. <laughs> okay. So the shopkeeper is like, yes, I've been waiting for your daddy-o to pick up his orders and you can totes take them to him. And so then, like, he goes back to rummage through his stuff and get everything together, which gives Gabriel and Cecily a chance to snoop around the shop. And Gabriel starts looking at the paintings, which, like, whatever, a waste of a snoop, in my opinion. Like, I don't know why he's doing that. But he's able to pick out a few of the landscape paintings, like um, Brosland Forest and Alicante mm-hmm. and everything. Um, and I think it's pretty cool 
I mean, like, he points out landscapes that he doesn't know where they belong to. Like, he's like, I don't know who has purple sky. I don't know what these mountains are. I don't know why this stuff belongs to whatever it belongs to. And, okay, I think it's cool. I'm nosy, so I want to know what they are because that's, like, my life. But I also think it's cool that he doesn't know. And so it's, like, it kind of speaks to how big the Shadowhunter universe is as a whole. And mm-hmm, maybe, mm-hmm. just maybe, there's a sliver of hope that it means that we can keep getting content after content. Like, imagine, if you will, a world where maybe, because we have a date, like, books that are ending for Shadowhunters, right? It's it's written. Mm-hmm. But, like, what if there was a spinoff series about just creatures or people that live just in fairy? Like, how fucking cool would that be? That would how be cool. cool. Anyway. Crazy. There's hope. And I'm just holding on to it. Cecily comes over and whispers Gabriel, to which he, of course, like, he's, like, sweltering like a southern belle. And she's like, oh, my God, <laughs> she used my Christian name. <sighs> but we don't get to figure out what she was going to say because just then the shopkeeper returns. And he made a big stink about having to go get stuff out of the back for being gone for, like, five seconds. That's <laughs> annoying. It's something I would do. <laughs> So he gives Gabriel the package with Magnus's ingredients inside because it feels like potion bottles. And then he sets down the stack of papers on the counter. And Gabriel takes one look at the papers and he's like, asterisk, asterisk, mouth agape. Like, what the fuck am I looking at? And I Why, have- why were they not in a manila folder? Like, I don't understand. Yes. In a paper bag. Uh-huh. It has to. Like any respectable copy shop. Nope. So. Legitimately indecent. Yeah. Yeah. I have to quote this next part. It's like legally binding. Yes. Um, <laughs> Gracious, Cecily said. Surely that isn't possible. <laughs> the satyr craned up to see what she was looking at. Well, not with one person, but with a Venice demon and a goat, most likely. <laughs> what? What? <laughs> oh my god, I my headphones out of my ear. I was laughing so hard. Okay. <laughs> so then he turns to Gabriel and he asks if he's got the money to pay for the papers or not, because his dad's been like basically buying demon porno on credit and he's behind on his payments. Okay. <laughs> Time to ante up. Are you going to pay for this or not? It's crazy because it seems like he constantly had people with him. That just seems like a lot of, I don't know, anyway. Uh-huh. I just, a lot of it. Uh, you might as well face it. You're addicted to love. Yeah. Okay. In my writing, we have a SpongeBob type of transition, like, a few moments later. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> Not actually in the book, just like it's the passage in the chapter. But again, this is how I'm summarizing it. So Cecily and in this scene, Cecily and Gabriel are making their way back to the Institute. And Cecily is telling Gabriel, like, you didn't need to throw that dude out the window. (laughs) And Gabriel's like, first, he wasn't a man. He was one of the nasty fairies from the Unseelie Court. Okay. Aware. Are your customers aware? that they're getting snot and mucus with their ice cream. Secondly, <laughs> he had no business showing those pictures to a lady, which made Gabriel like realize that that lady in question barely raised an eyebrow at the photos. 
I'm sure he's like, I'm going to stick that in my brain for later. Yeah. Right. This has been filed. He was probably just more embarrassed that his own father had that crap. Yeah. Right. And then we find out that after throwing but, the Okay, seder, hold on. Time out. Hold on. I'm sorry. Real oh quick. God. Who, what, what business person thinks it's a good idea to out a client like that to their son? Like, he didn't know yeah. Benny was dead. So, like. I don't know. That's a good way never Maybe to get paid. Maybe he was mad. <laughs> like, this guy's never going to pay me anyway. This is what he's up to. Right. Yeah, I guess. Oh, it was just crazy. Anyway. Or maybe it was just like he didn't think he'd be like, look at what he did. Shadow hunter. I don't know. <laughs> it was very weird, but hilarious. Yeah. So, like, whatever. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So, we find out. That after throwing him out of the window, the satyr out of the window, Gabriel tossed him into the canal, which I'm sure was full of nasty smelling Victorian sludge water. Ew. Which is just gross. And Gideon's like, okay, okay. You're saying all of this, like, shouldn't have whatever, but you're laughing. Right. (laughs) And Cecily tries to say that she wasn't, but she clearly was. Which surprised him because um, he, in his head, he's like, okay, she's clearly not interested in me because she has all this like cheeky back talk and this general air of disdain it feels from her. And he's sure that like <laughs> this like encounter would send her over the edge of the I hate Gabriel bandwagon. But she seemed <laughs> amused. And instead of being like, sigh, women. He's like, sigh, Herondales, which is like a thousand times better. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Uh-huh. Well, because it's it's true. Her her characteristics and behaviors are indicative of a Herondale, not <laughs> anything else. Yeah. He's falling in love is. with Will. This is yeah. karma right. Right. Yeah. paying uh-huh. him back. Yeah. You're going to have a good time. Okay, now we're going to switch over to our friends at the Institute. And this starts with Gideon and Sophie in the library, fulfilling their tasks given to them by Charlotte. And as you remember, Gideon is still hemmed up from his encounter with the clockwork robots. So he's like sitting in a chair with his leg propped up and Sophie's doing like all the climbing, gathering of the books, like she's doing the thing, but it says she's doing it gladly. So what, you know, do with that what you will. And I know it's not super important information, but I find it interesting. So I'm going to bring it up that like in the beginning of this, she picks up a book and I wrote the the name of the book. Like I was going to say it. <laughs> Do you uh, want me to say it? Yeah. Uh, pseudo monarchia. Yeah. Pseudo monarchia demonium. Yeah. What she said. Okay. Okay. It's like, yeah. it, it's like the, the, I would assume hierarchy, the default hierarchy of demons. Yep. And so she says that the cover of the book feels slimy. Oh. Totally giving me like monster book of monster vibes. Like, uh huh. And of course, since it's Cassie, the book, like she's done her research, that is an actual volume of book, and it is exactly what you said. 
Oh. Mm-hmm. And it's like, I was try- I didn't want to get too much into it because I was pressed for time, but it looks like it's like an introduction to another book that they made a separate book sort of thing. Ah. But it's real. I don't think it's really actually slimy, but that was cool. Anyway, mm-hmm. not important, just cool. Like you were saying with the Roman roads. Like, she does yeah. her research for the most yeah. part. Yeah. Okay, now that the scene is set, let's get into it. Out of fucking nowhere, Gideon asked Sophie if Charlotte has ever asked her if she wanted to be a shadow hunter. And Sophie's, like, taken back, and she's like, what do you mean? Like, why would she ask me that? And Gideon tells her that she's one of the best fighters he's ever trained, shadow hunter or otherwise. And it just seems like a waste not to have her become Nephilim. And he just thought that maybe it'd be something that she would be interested in. Uh huh. Throwing it out there. No pressure. No pressure. Yeah. Like, you want to just take this class with me? It might be fun. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> and Sophie sets the book down and internally has this moment where she's like, okay, decorum would tell me I should wait and, like, feel like I'm gonna like mull over the answer not seem so eager but this is literally the thing that I want more than anything else in the world so I'm just gonna let it all out there and so that's basically what she tells Gideon like she's like yes more than anything I would want that he then asks if she's worried about the danger and the ascension process um there's been talk about how the older a person is the more risks that it will end badly and apparently there's been some talk about lowering the max age to like 12 or 14 and oh the max age yeah. okay i didn't catch that okay crazy yeah and sophie says that she's not afraid it's a risk that she would ga- gladly take however she doesn't want charlotte to think that she's ungrateful for everything that she's given her she saved her life sounds like a me and gave her safety in a home and she fears that telling her she wants to hunt shadows would be like abandoning her basically gosh sophie she has imposter syndrome. Yes. <laughs> and Gideon's like, what are you talking about? You're a free servant in a shadow hunter home. You have the site. You know all about downworlders and Nephilim. You're literally the perfect candidate for Ascension. And like, I have a voice on the council. So like, I could totally speak for you. Mm. And so, so see, <laughs> Sophie gives another like, I can't. And follows up with an especially not now. Internally, she's feeling the temptation of his words and also notes that he's being very strategic as to not bring up the easiest path to ascension, which is marriage. <laughs> that doesn't make sense to me. It, I, it would make sense to me if it was just like a paperwork sort of thing. But you have to like, it's a blood thing, right? So how is marriage going to... So make it easier basically if you want to if you're a shadow hunter and you want to marry a mundane they have to ascend or you can't be a shadow hunter anymore which is what you have to, well that makes sense you have to apply can. to be but, to to ascend and get approved but if you have if you're marrying a shadow hunter you're more likely to get approved like you got an in you got a sponsor uh-huh okay okay interesting okay yeah so it's, yeah. You got a sponsor. Mm-hmm. I like it. <laughs> okay. Sorry. I lost my place, but I found it. No, I'm sorry. Nope. Okay. Anyway. Sorry. Gideon agrees. Like, now's not the time. Because, like, Jim's sick. And he says James, which I think is cute. Oh. But um, 
just a photo. Uh, sorry. My God. He's like, yes, not now. Obviously. But like just a couple minutes right. ago, you were like so sure that being a shadow hunter was all you ever wanted. And um, he has to know why. He just got to know why does she feel that way when hunting shadows can be such a brutal life. And Sophie then says back, and I'm sorry to go all quotes my goats, but I think it's important to remember that um, <laughs> and give Sophie the space to really appreciate what a freaking boss ass bitch she is. Amen. So all life can be brutal, said Sophie. My life before I came to the Institute was hardly sweet. I suppose in part I wish to be a shadow hunter. So that if another man ever comes at me with a knife in his hand, as my former employer did, I can kill him where he stands. <laughs> yes. Sorry, I hit the microphone. She, of course, like out of habit, reaches up and touches her face where her scar is and notices Gideon's like face change. She's like, whoa. And he's like, oh, my God, like, I didn't know that's what happened to you. I didn't ask because it's like he doesn't say this, but like, obviously, it's a real, like, what happened to your face? You know, right. You don't <laughs> right. say that. And so and nobody's been talking rumors about her. So he's just like, oh, my God, I didn't know that's what happened. And um, so he's like, yeah, yeah, yeah. And now you're going to tell me you don't even see the scar anymore. Like some other thing that is equally bullshit. Like, save, right. save your mm-hmm. breath. Lip service. Exactly. Mm-hmm. And Gideon says, like, no, I can see it. But shadow hunters are a people of many scars, and it's not ugly. It's just another beautiful part of the most beautiful girl I've ever seen. Oh. And it's very sweet, but all I can hear are the flight of the Concords in the back of the just brain. shut <laughs> <laughs> You're the most beautiful girl in the room. In the whole wide room. <laughs> You're so stupid. <laughs> you could be a part-time model. <laughs> But you probably still have to keep your normal job. <laughs> anyway. Oh, Sophie's totally blushing. But before they can finish the rest of this conversation, um, Charlotte comes in looking like a tired, pregnant woman. Like, she is done. She's got stains on her dress. It's dirty. She's like, I got to tell you, like, I had a hard time the last and like pregnancy like the last couple months and she's like walking up all these stairs and she probably has really unsupportive shoes and her dress is all heavy and i bet her belly just freaking hurts Mm -hmm. and i feel bad for her anyway she's exhausted and she was specifically looking for Sophie because she wants her to go sit with Jim for a moment because Bridget is singing and she thinks it's giving him nightmares. <laughs> she just needs a break. <laughs> and Sophie, of course, goes and Gideon's like sulky about it. After Sophie leaves, we get to travel to the crypt where Henry is busy making a new friend. The glory. I am so excited to hear you talk about this part. I'm just <laughs> stoked. Saved. Sorry, I didn't mean to interrupt. No, it's great. The glorious Magnus Bane. And Magnus is totally into all the gadgets and things that Henry's working on. And is even helping him, like, handing him some vials. Like, he is totally taken on the Igor role here. Okay? He is the assistant. Awesome. And Henry has two pairs of goggles on. Which Magnus is pretty sure is the whole absent-minded mad scientist aesthetic. But just in case it wasn't, he's like, I'll just ignore it. He thinks about it, sees it. He's like, maybe it's a fashion statement. I don't know. 
And he's asking. I bet Henry what... looks super hot. I know, dude. I know. I'm into Absolutely. it. Absolutely. With like, Absolutely. like the steampunk like welder goggles. Yes. Yes, I'm 100%. into it. Hundred <laughs> percent. So Magnus is asking what all the products. <laughs> products? Nope. Projects are. Magnus is like, well, this one's for uh, my hair. <laughs> right. All the products. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, he's like, what you working on, girl? But he is generally super impressed and interested in almost asterisk everything Henry is working on. And so I just decided to, like, separate these by, like, stuff because it was just easier Love than it. whatever. Mm-hmm. So the projects include, number one, a sensor. Used to detect when demons are near, which, by the way, worked when he moved it towards Magnus. (laughs) And we all know that this was specifically invented to be used one time in City of Bones. Yes. (laughs) And now we know where it came from. It was Henry. It was. (sighs) Wasn't it used one more time? Didn't Luke try to use it or something outside? It was used someone else. Yeah. Yeah. Uh It's just cool. That's silly. Yep. Okay. Secondly, it's what Henry calls a lethal bonnet. That its function is to wrap itself around the head of the person wearing it and chokes them. Okay. <laughs> Suffocation. No breathing. <laughs> Don't give a damn. Fuck up myself, lady. And although Henry does admit that Magnus's thirst, first thought of it, like being a hiding spot for weapons, would have been a better idea. Um, like he's still like he's like as Magnus put it, like it probably wouldn't be easy to convince Mortmain to put on the bonnet, <laughs> even though the color would be fetching on him. Like, doesn't seem very practical. And Henry's yeah. like, God, I wish you were here when I was thinking of that in the first place. <laughs> Thirdly, it's a jar of sparkling substance. And this use is, it's a powder that, when applied to the air, causes ghosts to become visible. And this one in particular percolated Magnus's interest because, well, Magnus. And he, like, takes a cap off and rubs it between his fingers and is like, you know, this would be great for cosmetic purposes. <laughs> it would make my skin glitter for, or glimmer for eternity. And Henry's like, yeah, I could make you some whenever you wanted. And I'm just like, hold up, wait. Did Henry just invent glitter? Like, uh-huh. is this what's happening right here? Like, <laughs> I am so into this. Like, it's, um, God, what is that stuff called? Highlight. Yeah. Yes. Yes. The two of them together are just making magic, man. They're, yeah. yeah. Already. I mean, they could make a fortune. He, I know. Seriously. Like he, he just became Magnus's like- one man glitter production uh, shop. <laughs> yeah. I just, it's so cool. And like, the that list of is just awesome. And the glitter takes a cake. So Bangtus is like, wow, save some pussy for the rest of us. <laughs> <laughs> you must get like mad respect from your fellow shadow hunters. And Henry's like, yeah, about that. Quote, Mostly they wish that I would stop suggesting new things and ceasing setting fire to things. <laughs> <laughs> and Magnus is confused. He's like, the rest of us, 
like he's on the bandwagon. He knows Henry's amazing. He's joined our team. And he tells Henry that there's no reward without risk. And he's seen mundanes and warlocks alike pushing the boundaries of their imagination to advance their civilizations. And it would be foolish of the Nephilim to remain in the Dark Ages uh, with their outdated boomer tech and be left in the dust as the world evolves around them. Mm-hmm. And Henry is like totally taken aback and turning bright red. And Magnus is like, dude, I bet the only time he ever gets praise is from Charlotte. Like, mm-hmm. terrible. And then Magnus is like, let me see this work that you've been doing on this portal. So Henry pulls out this giant pile of notes and it's scribbled with like, it says like chicken, like, like kind of like chicken scratch, like scratchy writing. And I think that's adorable. And it's Mm -hmm. filled with um, piles of notes and it's scribbled with equations and runes and what Magnus describes as a startling harmony. And he realizes, like, what he has in front of him is, like, it's really genius. Like, this is, like, this is it. This is the coolest thing he's ever seen. (laughs) And he tells Henry that, like, I see what you're trying to do here. I see what you're trying to accomplish. And then Henry cuts him off to basically talk down the work he's done. And Mm, I do that. Dude, me too. I feel that. Yep. (laughs) So basically what's happened is Henry's figured out a way to open the portal, but there's no way that he can make it so there can be like a directional purpose to it. So um, it's a crapshoot of where someone would end up. Like they could go to, I don't know, worst case, like hell, New Jersey. Right. I don't know. (laughs) Can't confirm. There's there's places he could go. Gresham. Gresham. Rockwood, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Could just be bad news bears. And so, like, it's risky, so it's useless. And Magnus tells him that he can't accomplish what he needs to accomplish with the runes that Henry has. And Henry's like, well, we only have the runes in the gray book. Like, this is this is what I'm working with. And Magnus is like, yeah, what you need is access to other ones. That, like, a warlock has that. <laughs> Give me some of that. And then he, like, takes the notes. And then as much as I tried to make it so we weren't flipping around, we're still going to flip one more time because we've gone back to the CD shop and in the satyr's point of view. And he's like, I'm an unseely dude. And it's too fucking bright in here. <laughs> I need to cover the windows with some wax paper. And I like that this man is narrating what he's doing because I totally fucking do that too. Okay. Yeah. Yep. So every once in a while, I just pretend like I'm filming my own YouTube video or whatever. And I'm just <laughs> narrating my life. Yep. Because it's making me just hey guys. one step at a time. Okay. Mm-hmm. And he's like, fuck, man. I need to put some wax paper. And like, I lost my glasses. And these papers weren't cheap. Might I add? And I ordered them for old Dickie Lightwood and it's probably not going to get paid for and this is just a terrible no good very bad day I think I'm going to go eat worms Hmm. and just then he has this like clerk's moment because the bell rings and he's like really right now (laughs) this job would be great if it weren't for all the fucking customers (laughs) preach (laughs) it's probably the Lightwood kid coming back for more trouble so, like, he calls out, back again, Nephilim. 
Don't you know who I think I am? I have powerful friends. (laughs) And the voice that answers back is like, yeah, bet you do, trickster. I'd love to learn more about them. And it's definitely not the Lightwood child. It's not. Okay. And um, it could be Shia LaBeouf because he's brandishing a knife and lurking in the shadows. Yes. This is a possibility. Dude, doesn't he know you don't talk shit until you see someone? Come on. 100%. Huh? Yep. Whoever this mystery man is, he is like a mob henchman. Because he's like, I'm going to ask you some questions. You better not run off or I'm going to cut off all your fingers. Yikes. Yeah. And then scene. End scene. End scene. Not in scene, Commander. Don't get excited. Bye, bye, bye. It's going to be May. It was already May. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry. I'm behind. Okay. And then that's it. And I would talk more, but like this is a long chapter. So we're just going to tell you to make sure you read chapter 13. The mind has mountains for Mm. next week. Okay, guys, for behind the scene content and latest updates, check us out on Instagram at Downworlder Dish Podcast. We'll see you next time. Bye. Bye. Bye.